Well, welcome to the Hills Church at Home. If you're just tuning in with us or playing catch up, I encourage you to either wake everybody up or tell somebody, hey, church has started. You can do a couple things. I know you probably want to pour your coffee or or get something uh, to drink and to write on, but you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can download today's message notes. You can also download the kids' activity sheet. All of those you could print out, uh, especially the kids' coloring. You don't want them coloring on your phone or um, a tablet or anything. Print those out and give something for the kids. You'll notice we keep about a month of the notes on our website, though we keep all of the messages on our Facebook Live or YouTube Live. So if you need notes from any other time, please just email us uh, and you can get our email at the end of our time today. So I want to pick up, in fact, we've been starting a series the last couple weeks. The series is My Father is Always Working. Those are the words uh, of Jesus. In fact, let me read really quick John chapter 5, verse 17, and it says this, But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. If you read John 5, Jesus just healed a man on the Sabbath, and the not only the people, it's the religious leaders are so upset that he would do so on the Sabbath day, and some then begin to conspire to kill him. And yet he says this, that gives us this picture that we've been talking about. My father has been working until now. A couple weeks ago, we looked at how the father's always been at work, and we looked at a couple places in the Old Testament where he was at work. Jesus lets us know that I have been working. And I looked at it two ways. One, God has been working on the outside, and now Jesus has come to also work, but work on the inside of us. So the last week we began to look at that when Jesus was baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, we read the scripture that um, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and the Father spoke, Jesus was baptized. He's 30 years old, the Bible lets us know, know that. And now the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, leads him into the wilderness not the synagogues to teach, not the people that were sick, not the crowds to begin to to teach to them, but he directs them, directs Jesus specifically into the wilderness to be tempted 40 days by the devil. He didn't do anything else but to be tempted, but he overcame every temptation. And now what we pick up today, now he's going to be leaving that desert uh, opportunity and he's going to go and he's going to begin to preach. So that's what I want to pick up today in Luke chapter um, 4. And I want to read all of these verses. We'll have it on the screen. These are so important today for all of us. Verses 14 through 30, and it says this. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit in Galilee, and news of him went went out throughout all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth, which he, where he had been brought up, 
And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now remember this before we go on. This, these two verses he reads out of the scroll of Isaiah and it goes on in verse 20. Then he closed the book gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth and they said to him, is this not Joseph's son? And he said to them, you will surely say this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Then he said, assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heavens were shut up three years and six months and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And many leopards were in Israel in the time of Elijah the prophet and none of them was cleansed except Nahum the Syrian. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these words, were filled with wrath. They rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill which the city was built, that they might throw him down over the cliff. Then passing through the midst of them, he went his way. All right, talk about a lot of, of verses but I do want to stop first, and I want to pray for us today, and we'll go through just a few of these verses today in our time together. So, Lord, we come to you today. We know this, that Jesus is at work, and he's at work on the inside of us. He proclaims that he will set people free by the Spirit of the Lord that's upon him. So Lord, I pray, I don't know every situation that surrounds many people this day, but you know, you know the details. And I thank you today that you are speaking to hearts and leading and guiding them in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now I thought about this for a little bit. Here's what's very different about Jesus and ourselves. Had you and I, just come out of a 40-day fast, plus the intense temptation. In fact, Mark's gospel records that he was out there with the wild animals 
and that the angels ministered to him. You know what you and I would do? We'd come up with some book because we beat the fast for 40 days and 40 nights. We'd have some guidelines on how to fast, on how it would be healthy to your body, or we would come up with some book that had to do with overcoming temptations, part one, part two, part three. We would do that. Do you know Jesus, when he begins to preach, he doesn't mention any of that? When they handed him the scroll to Isaiah, now, uh, it could have been on um, many different schools because of all of the books. He could have easily read in Isaiah 14 that Satan and all of the third of the angels were cast out of heaven, and he could have used those words that I had overcome and I saw all of that. He didn't mention anything about his fasting. He didn't mention anything about the temptation. He wasn't talking about that. He wasn't elevating himself. But you know why? Because he is at work. And his ministry just started at his baptism, at his being filled with the Holy Spirit. As he's led into the wilderness for almost six weeks, where his ministry starts, he doesn't mention any of those things except what he's going to do. Those were the scriptures that we've read. In fact, really the Gospel of Luke is going to come in a perspective of the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus, leading him, filling him, empowering him. And we believers have the same privilege of being filled with the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit, and being empowered by the Holy Spirit that's why today we look to Jesus on how he did that, how the Spirit of the Lord anointed him. He's not only the Son of God, he is the Christ, the anointed one. And he's been anointed for this purpose. And what he preaches in Luke 4, just those two verses, will be the theme of his whole ministry. And it's not just the theme of his ministry. It's the theme that's passed on to the disciples that become the apostles. It's passed on to the apostles that will begin to write, begin to start churches, and it's passed all the way down to you and I. So let me read those two verses again. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because, here's the because, he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Jesus was anointed. He is the gospel. The gospel is flowing out of him. He is anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. That word poor is not what we would think poor people. It's the poor in spirit. Anybody that does not have those words of Jesus does not have Jesus living in on the inside of them, is captive or lost, are what he's talking to. Those that are poor, broken on the inside. So he's anointed to preach this gospel. And he mentions this about the Father. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind. You know, uh, when I looked up that word blind, it, it, it was two things. It not only mentions physically blind, 
but it's those that are spiritually blind, that aren't seeing what God is doing. They are spiritually blind, or it's like the devil is blocking them from being able to see. He's going to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. You know, we don't have time to look at that acceptable year of the Lord referred to them as a year of Jubilee, uh, a time that would happen every 50 years, and you would be free from being a, from debt, from being a slave, from any of those things. And if I remember my Old Testament history right, they never were able to celebrate that event, though it was something that was written there. Jesus is letting them know what his ministry is doing It's the acceptable year of the Lord. You will be set free from anything that binds you, anything that has uh, captive you in a situation, you would be set free. This is the message and the ministry of Jesus summed up in these two verses. But I want to say this about the gospel when we read this. The gospel is a living gospel. In fact, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, let us know that the word of God is living and active, right? It's alive. It even pierces to the division of the soul and the spirit of the joints and the marrow. The spirit, the the word of God, the gospel is alive. It's not ink on a page. It's living, It's breathing, it's active, it's moving. Jesus is letting us know that he has been anointed to preach this gospel. When we've been given this gospel, this gospel is alive, it's living. It's also a today gospel. In fact, one of the things that Jesus does mention in verse 21, he says, today this is fulfilled in your hearing. And I thought about that. Is that how we pray? Do we pray and believe that it's done today? Or do we pray and act like we hope that it would come someday? Jesus is letting them know, today this is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, let let me tell you this. He's come out in the power of the Spirit. We know he's been in Capernaum because... The people are going to speak out. They want things done like they have heard about being done. He's letting them know today these things are fulfilled in your hearing. The the gospel is being preached. The brokenhearted are being freed, healed. Those that are captive are going to be liberated. Those, Those that need to see spiritually and physically are going to be able to see and those that who are oppressed are going to be set free. And today, all of these things happen. And he sits down. So remember, we read, um, we read 16 verses. He reads two. He hands back the scroll and he sits down, which in the, the culture as he was going to begin teaching, people would have all of their eyes fixed on him because he was about to expound on those scriptures. And that's all he says. Today, these scriptures are fulfilled in your hearing. If you look back in your Bibles, it will show this. The people 
marveled at his words. But here's the first thing that comes into their mind. Don't we know this guy? That's Joseph's son. You know, the, the carpenter's son. Yeah, the carpenter's son. It, that's Jesus. We, we, he, he's reading these things. You know, when we read this, remember, he is announcing his message and his ministry. That's going to be a short run, three and a half years. He's announcing the message and his ministry. And that powerful word to them is going to do something to them that's so upsetting. In fact, it's going to make them so uncomfortable that they're going to have a fit of rage. They're going to physically grab Jesus. They're going to want to go to the edge of a cliff and they're going to want to murder him and throw him over for two verses and a little commentary that he gives. You know, I was thinking about this. I pray that when we read these verses, that these verses all make us uncomfortable. I pray that when you read your Bible, that the very scriptures that you read make you uncomfortable. It should be shaking us. The things that we read should be shaking us. We shouldn't read it. Oh, yeah, amen. This is so good. Boy, I need, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet that out today. It should make us uncomfortable. Shake us from the positions that we've been stuck in. Shake us from the things that we think. When we read this, let's not read it and just thank God we read it. Let it be something that shakes us from the inside. These people were so shook and angry that they rose up and they wanted him killed. And what does Jesus do in the scriptures? He turns around and somehow it's like he goes right through them. I don't know. Somehow they're all moved out of the way. I pray that when we read these scriptures that we're shaken. The ministry of Jesus, as we read here, the ministry of Jesus was both preaching the gospel, healing the brokenhearted, setting people free that had been captives. Recovery of sight to the blind. People that were oppressed. In fact, you read through the scripture and through the gospels. People that were oppressed by the devil. People that were uh, in demonic activity because of the devil would be set free. He was going to announce that this year would be the year of the Lord. And it shook them up so much not to change, but to go the other way. I pray that when you read these things, you're being shaken from within to change. Nothing changes unless you change on the inside. And I'm so glad that we have a Holy Spirit that is gentle in speaking. You know, many times we need to be a little slapped around a little bit to wake up. He's gentle, speaking to our hearts, leading and guide, guiding our hearts we need to be shaken up, right? W woken up. You know, as, as we were talking as a family uh, just the other night, I even believe that in an email, I put these words and I came back to really challenge myself. And, and the words were, um, we're having this open house. If you have a fever or are sick, would you please stay home? Right? It's the things that we're supposed to do. Please, um, you, you must have a mask on you. You must social, all, all of those things. 
You know, I'm reading this and I thought, in the ministry of Jesus, he never said, if you're sick, stay home. If you can't walk, just stay where you are. Just let the people that are healed come forward. He went after those that were sick, that were lepers, that were demonic. That, that was something that I thought, you know, I was sending out the information of the day like, like we should do, trying to be a faithful pastor, protecting the people, being concerned about the people, but shame on me. Shame on me that I would want to turn the sick away. Shame on us that we would want sick people locked up somewhere where we're not around them because that wasn't Jesus. That wasn't his ministry. He didn't run away when a leper called out his name. He didn't run uh, from the madman of Gadara that nobody can bind it up. He went to him. So shame on us. Let us be uncomfortable if we're around sick people because Jesus was around the sick people. He instructed his disciples to be around him. He instructed his apostles to be around him. They wrote to us, the church, to be around them and to lay hands on the sick, not to email them to stay home. Shame on us. Let's get back to being uncomfortable because of the gospel. Let's get back on remember that we are the ones that are anointed by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the works that he said. He's not done doing his works. And the same gospel is like we just read in Hebrews 4.12. The same gospel, it's alive. It's sharper than the two-edged sword. It's piercing the division. It's active and alive. Let's trust Jesus in these days. Well, before I go on, I, I do want to pray. Maybe that upsets you, but I hope that you're uncomfortable like I'm uncomfortable. I want to pray for us. Father, I pray that in these days, in the instructions that we're given and what we're told to do, that we do not alienate ourselves from people that are sick. There's hospitals that we can't go into to pray for people. There are loved ones and friends that have passed away that we're not able to do a service and pray for people. But Father, we are thankful today that we are not living in fear in these days. That's why we read your scripture to stir up our faith to go to people. Yes, you said you sent your word and healed their disease. Yes, like the apostle Paul did when he sent his apron and handkerchiefs and he prayed over them and sent them. All of those things can happen. But we also read lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Would you make us uncomfortable that we don't fall into the traditions of men? The traditions of men make the word of God void. We fall within your Holy Spirit, and we thank you, like Jesus's ministry, that the gospel is being preached, that people are being set free, that people are bound or set free, and we thank you for doing that even as we pray now. And we say, let it be today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as we do each week and as we give everybody an opportunity to do this, it is so important. 
In fact, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, it is the most important prayer that you will ever say. It is the beginning of your new relationship with him. And I want you to pray this, if you would, with me. And we take this prayer out of Romans 10, 9 and 10, because Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth and believe him in your, in your heart, that he rose from the dead, you shall be saved. Instantly, you begin this new walk with him. We use those words, born again, saved, you're a child of God, your, your life has been redeemed, but you're walking with him. Pray this prayer with me, would you? Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sin, and today I begin my relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that for the first time, would you connect with us? You can do it on one of the social media platforms that you're probably watching on, or email us, info at hillschurcharcadia.org, or you can go to our website and click the contact page as well too. We wanna help to pray for you and get you going on the very next steps because it's an exciting life to live. Well, as we receive our tithes and offerings today, I wanna read this one, one, actually it's two verses, but they're very short, out of the book of Lamentations, and it says this, through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Would you allow that in your giving today to be something that you pray aloud? His faithfulness. Don't look at your situation today. Don't look at your financial picture today. Don't look at your job situation today. Look to him and remind yourself, he is a faithful God. Pray this along with me, would you? As I give in today's offering, I rejoice in the faithfulness of God working in and around my life. You have always watched over me, protected me, and guided me, and provided for me. You are faithful, and I am grateful. I give today with faith in your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you're giving today, you can do it two ways. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. Up in the top right, you can click give, and it's very uh, safe, it's fast, it's secure. You can also give by mail, and our address is the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. Please know that we are praying for you, even though we're doing this through a lens. We are praying for, for you, believing God for you, praying God's spirit would be all up upon you, empowering you, leading you, guiding you in this day. I pray that you are uncomfortable when you read the scriptures because it shakes all of us to be more like Christ. 
I pray you follow along uh, each week in our different teachings. Follow along on our website of activities and events that will be taking place. But please know we're praying for you today, praying for you this week, and the Lord bless you. And as we do each week, we read Psalm 121, 1 and 2, and it says this, I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. The Lord bless you. Have a great day.